Let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I am incredibly excited to welcome my Brit Happens guest for today, former Miami-Dade County Mayor Alex Pinellas, who has returned again for the fun and is currently running again. He was the first strong mayor back when I was just 11 years old in 1996. I'm excited to be obviously a lot more acclimated and aware of the local politics. Welcome. Thank you, Brittany. I've heard such great things about the work you're doing. Obviously, I've known your dad for a long time, so I am so happy that you invited me and looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you. Thank you. I have to ask, what made you decide to run again? Was it the lack of leadership or you just had that itch? Well, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, public service is my calling. I very much enjoy pub- public service. And that was my career uh, for many years. I started at a very young age. I was elected the first time at the age of 25 in the city of Hialeah. And when I left the mayor's office in 2004, I was 42 and I was able to start a whole other career in business and learned a whole lot there, um, how the private sector works. Uh, But the other reason I'm running is because when I look at some of the issues that I care about, it doesn't seem like we've made a lot of progress. In fact, a lot of the uh, conversations we're having today are specifically because we still uh, uh, suffer from income inequality. We suffer from housing inequality, from political inequality. Uh, These are real issues, educational inequality. We have not made really much progress. So I think that's that's part of what's happening now. There's all these issues have kind of bubbled up. Obviously, uh, uh, George Floyd um, was, that was an issue that was horrendous. Uh, But, um, you know, I think it's brought to the forefront the fact that we have a lot of work to do. Absolutely. And I'm happy that you mentioned that because this issue is nothing new, but the recent events with George Floyd has shined a light and forced us to look at the race relations, not only in the community, but the nation as a whole. And this is not something that I think can be resolved in a month, a year, probably not even five years, because the system and attitudes have been in place for so long. Would love to know what are your thoughts in terms of how we can move forward as a community? Well, it starts with leadership. You have to have people like me to recognize that racism is real and exists. Uh, that's you got you to start there. You know, There's a lot of people that 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 kind of they ignore the issue or they're skirting around it or they're trying to deflect. There's no deflecting. I mean, racism exists. Uh, it exists in this county, exists throughout the, co- the country and around the world. So it starts there. I think number two, your, your leaders, the people, whether it's local, whether it's um, uh, state or federal, you got to be fair. You got to be transparent. You can't stoke the, you know, the flames of, of racism uh, to uh, advance your own, personal agenda. Number three, there's got to be policies that are fair across the board. Now, I'll give you an example, uh, Brittany. The, the last time we had a real race-based, race-based and gender-based minority contracting program at the county when I was mayor, and I left 16 years ago. 
Okay. Now I understand the courts intervened, but then we had another disparity study that was done five years ago. It showed that there was disparity, especially in the construction arena. Okay. With uh, not only black, but Hispanic firms and, and the county commission has done nothing with that study. So your policies, you know, now everybody's running and everybody's jump, Everybody's, you know, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, what have you been doing for the last 10, 15 years? Why do you think there hasn't been the social economic tide in the black community that we've seen in other ethnicities? And what will you do to significantly try to improve that? Because there's not, there's no courage. Listen, let me tell you, in the private sector, um, I, I've made a multi-million dollar investment in a city like Opalaka, mm -hmm. where I have hundreds of tenants of color. So, you know, forget about what I did or didn't do when I was in public. In the private sector, I've done that. Okay. In the private sector, I want to see how many people have actually done that, you know, to invest in, in, in minority communities. And I'm not investing with public money. I'm investing with, with private money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've, I've been, you know, walking the walk, not just talking the talk. But we need to do more of that. So my plan includes, obviously, you know, you start, obviously, with, with policing, mm -hmm. obviously. Okay. Uh, when I was mayor, I supported an, ind uh, an independent review panel and, and fully funded it. I very much support uh, bringing that back now with real teeth. Okay. And that's not anti-police, by the way, because I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not signing up for the anti-police uh, group. Okay. I believe there is space for everyone to coexist. Everybody needs to be at the table. Okay. And I think citizens input is a positive thing. We'll actually make the job of our police officers even that much better. So you start there, but you don't stop there. Mm -hmm. Okay. For example, I fought educational inequality. Um, I'm, I'm the author Mm -hmm. along with David Lawrence of the Universal Pre-Kindergarten uh, Constitutional Amendment. Two million children in this state have received that extra year of education. And that, by the way, across the board, you know, it doesn't discriminate on white, black, rich, poor. It's for all four-year-olds. I did that, okay? Um, I dealt with housing inequality through my homeless program, which is still a model for the nation today. We need to tweak it a little bit. So I want to work on that. We've got to work on mental health. We have health care inequality, okay? And, uh, um, and, and health care inequality, Brittany, I think has been really exposed now through this COVID crisis where you've had minorities, uh, black, brown, Hispanics, who have been uh, more prone to getting sick, yet are thrust to the front lines of the response without the proper uh, personal protection. So that's all part of what I would do. But the most important thing I'm going to do is I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a cabinet, a staff that's diverse, that looks like the community I represent. I, I, when I arrived at the County Commission, ask your father this, when I arrived at the County Commission in 1990, there was one black and one Hispanic. And we, we already were a minority majority county. And I looked around to the County Commission. I go, this doesn't look anything like the people I represent because we had systemic discrimination. Okay? So I've always led by example, um, and that's what I'm going to do as mayor. The problems that we face as a community pre-COVID have not miraculously gone away. Don't kid yourself. All these people are saying, oh, the traffic problem is solved. The problem traffic is not solved. Okay, it is not solved. Okay, even if 20% of us start working from home, we're still going to have a horrible traffic problem.
Climate change was not solved by COVID. Sea rise was not changed by COVID. Income inequality was not improved because of, of COVID. So we've got to elect somebody that, can ha that has the ability to balance all those things you know, that happened before in the midst of a global health crisis exasperated by a much needed conversation over race and inequality. Please. I mean, that, that, that's what we're looking at. And, and when I look back at the eight years that I was mayor, I mean, my middle name was crisis. I, I managed every imaginable crisis in town, 22 storms, okay, hurricanes. I probably sent you home from school a bunch of times, if you remember, okay, <laughs> right? Um, the, uh, the Gianni Versace murder, followed by Andrew Cunanan, who was running all over town, the fine air crash, Elian Gonzalez, the aftermath of 9-11, which has a lot of parallels right. to what we're going through now. So, you know, you need somebody that can also, that also has the, the, the business background to run a $9 billion company because the county is a $9 billion company. Absolutely. And you, you kind of segue into my question. The reason that I moved back down to Miami, I left to go to school in Philly, moved to New York. I found that there was so much opportunity here. And I know brain drain is an issue, but I was like, I want to be an example to try to entice some of my peers to come back. But I've also experienced some frustrations. How do we turn Miami-Dade into the world-class city or county comparable to, say, a, a New York City or a London who were leading the forefront? I think all of the variables are here, but it just hasn't happened. So you've asked kind of two questions, and I do want to answer them both. It's okay. not just the global city, but you talked about brain drain, and I want to talk about that as well, okay? If we want to be a true world-class city, we've got to have a true world-class transportation system, which we don't have. And we could do a whole other podcast just on that. And I have very, very specific ideas on transportation. I was the author of the 2002 People's Transportation Plan. I left a 30-year vision, uh, a living, breathing document to expand rail, expand our bus system, only to see the vast majority of that money grossly misspent over the last 15 years. We could have another conversation about that, but we need that. I think our education system is good. That's, that's a positive, but we also have to diversify our economy. We've got to be able to provide uh, jobs that are not only in these lower wage earning um, you know, um, industries. Listen, they're good industries. My, both of my parents, when they came from Cuba, they both worked in the hospitality industry. So thank God for that, that industry, but it is a low paying industry. Okay. And we've got to, we've got to lift up professional services. We've got to lift up financial services, logistics, technology. There's all these other um, industries that I think need to be lifted up. Let me, let me talk about brain drain for a moment because my economic recovery plan is all about local, 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 local. And how does that address the brain drain issue? It addresses it because we need, we need to buy local. We need to vacation local. We need to eat out local. We need to make sure that we use the power of the purse, not only to keep our jobs here, mm -hmm. okay, but the profits. And that's where the brain drain problem is, okay? So we, we have some jobs here, but then the, the profits go somewhere else. And then right. folks are sitting around saying, well, I can't afford to buy a home. I can't, I can't, I, I don't have the money for a down because the profits are not staying here. And the wages that you earn 
in some of these jobs are barely enough to pay the bills at the end of the month. Right. So I have very specific plans and I think we've had almost, um, how can I call it? The planets have aligned. <laughs> the planets have aligned with everything that's happened, you know, especially with the need now to invest as a result of uh, the economic downturn after, after COVID. I think it's a perfect moment to deal with, um, as we deal with economic recovery, to rebuild our infrastructure, to deal with our water and sewer deficits, septic tanks, mobility, and at the same time deal with the economic inequalities that are at the underling of everything we're talking about. We, there is economic inequality by keeping, if we keep those jobs here, then, then you know what? I, 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 we're going to have enough for everybody. Now, with that, we need to have a true minority contracting program, uh, which I also plan on bringing back as mayor. I'm excited. Economic empowerment is like my middle name. You said crisis was yours. I'm all about economics. So yeah. another frustration I hear from people, for companies that want to do work here locally, sometimes they complain that Miami-Dade is too political, it's too much work, and they leave. So what's your response to people's concerns with accessibility and being able to adequately do business here in Miami-Dade County to help diversify the economy, like you mentioned. Well, if you're, spot, if you're talking about specifically public contracting and public opportunities, we need to be open. We need to be transparent. We need to have different categories of bidding processes, okay? It, it, you shouldn't have to necessarily hire a lawyer and a lobbyist just to get a $100,000 contract. I think there's ways that we can uh, bifurcate uh, a lot of our contracting opportunities to allow small businesses who don't have the resources to hire the, the top guns from downtown, uh -huh. you know, to compete. At the end of the day, Brittany, remember that our economy is made up of small business. Yeah, we have a, we have a few big names out here, but the, but the crux, the foundation are small businesses. Right. So I, I think there's an opportunity, again, because of the moment we're living in, to significantly alter our procurement rules uh, to allow for greater flexibility. And I'm all for that. Speaking of closing the gap, there's a major disparity here in distribution of wealth. Do you have any further thoughts of how we can facilitate bridging that gap? Yeah, so we, listen, uh, again, in the last 10, 12 years, that disparity has grown, okay? The middle class is shrinking big time, okay? You got some people that have a lot of money or very wealthy, but then you got a whole lot of people that are living paycheck to paycheck. And that has been exposed now because of COVID. I mean, every day I'm out there at these different food drives. I was one in Hialeah yesterday. The cars were lined up from Goodlett Park all the way to Okeechobee Road. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars, okay? So the, the need is real. And by the way, the, that wealth disparity existed before uh, COVID. It's just been um, exasperated. So some of the ideas I shared with you earlier in terms of making sure that we are using the power of the purse here locally, but not only with jobs, and jobs are important, good paying jobs are important, but the profits, that's how you build wealth, okay? Our home ownership levels in Miami-Dade County are very, very low, especially among minority communities, blacks, Hispanics. Uh, we've got to work on that. And then those who rent are cost burdened because the rent is high and in relation to the money that they earn, they're spending a greater percentage of their 
wages just just for the roof over their heads. And I think one one important way of dealing with that is home ownership. I have very very specific plans on the home ownership side and on the rental side. That's again that's been my business in the private sector. Okay, uh, and again I'd love to share with you uh, many of those ideas. It would probably take up another uh, podcast. But I think that's where my my private sector experience is going to be a real plus uh, going into a new term as mayor. Please tell me about your family. That's what I most enjoy talking about okay. because um, <laughs> I, I, I started my career in politics as a uh, single man, uh, uh, met, met Lily uh, 27 years ago. We married, we have two adult sons. They are 25 and 23. One's a uh, finance major, graduate from FIU. My number two son is a, just finished his second year of law school at UM, where I went to law school. And then eight years ago, we were blessed with a big surprise. Big surprise. <laughs> and she has been a blessing, a blessing. Um, in fact, ton uh, tonight I'm looking forward, Fridays are her family movie night. And I think Disney just came out with a new movie. I'm not sure exactly what the name of it is. So whatever I do today, I'm going to be done by six o'clock. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna you know put the the popcorn in the microwave and we're gonna watch the new Disney movie. She's eight years old. Her name is Alexandra, and um, uh, she well she just finished second grade, obviously under challenging circumstances. But um, you know I'm at a stage in my life, Brittany. I'm 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 58. I feel super energetic. I feel I still got a lot left in the tank. Uh, I'm at a stage in my life. You know, I'm at a stage in my life where I just don't have to take BS from anybody now. I don't. You know, I don't. I mean, I, I'm doing this because I want to do it, not because I have to. You know, a lot of people run for office because they have term limits and, oh, what's the next job? I got I to gotta run for the next position. I, I, that's not why I'm doing it. You know, whatever the county ends up paying me as a salary, trust me, is going to be a pay cut for me. It's going to be a pay cut. So it's very liberating that I'm able to do this because I want to, which means I'm just going to do what I think is right, period, in a sentence, you know? Now, let me not kid you. My, my wife would rather I not do this. She thinks I am insane, okay? Certifiably insane. She says, Alex, we're, we're living a calm life, and, and, and you're going to get in the middle of all this. I'm very much at peace because I really, you know, I, I'm a spiritual person, and I do feel that we are put in certain positions at certain times for a reason okay and the events of the last three months to me were very revealing as to why i decided a year ago to do this because i'm going to be you know i think we need a a common sense fair even-headed individual who's going to take the facts right take the circumstances make the best possible decision and then move forward you know and that's what i'm going to offer you know, not worried about the next election or what am I going to run for next? I don't care about that. You're focused on, on the task at hand. Yeah. Last three or four questions. I call this the fire round. So I'm going to okay. ask the question and then you just spit out the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. What was the last thing that you ordered on Amazon? My um, silk vanilla soy milk creamer. Okay. Very specific. Very specific. It's got to be, it's got to be silk brand, vanilla, soy milk creamer. I'm very particular about my creamer. 
is that how you stay in shape or is this you just i would try to work out every day so today was my pilates day uh, i try to swim uh four times a week i do laps uh, I love swimming. It's a great exercise. And I can't answer the phone. No one can reach me when I'm swimming. That's, That's the best, very the best true. That's a good way. Right. I, I definitely love to work out. I like hit and I like to run on uh, Rickenbacker for like a stress relief. Oh, I love Rickenbacker. My, um, so my, my number two son went to Mass Academy. Oh, me too. He's a makeup. When, when we carpooled, uh, there was four families from the Miami Lakes area and we carpooled and I love the week that was our turn because I would stay. I would, I would take them to school and I would stay and just walk the, the bridges and I loved it out there, loved it. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Wow, uh, the ability to go back and correct mistakes. Ooh, that's good, okay. If you had a 100% chance of succeeding, what would you attempt to do? Make my family as happy as possible. Um, you mentioned a lot on a lot of topics that you have a concrete plan. Can people find this on the website or how can people? Sure, okay. sure. So I have actually two websites. Bold Vision, Bold Vision PC is my political committee, but also alexpanellasformayor.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Um, and, um, you know, there's a lot of COVID-related material there, but I've also laid out my five-point economic recovery plan, my transportation plan, environmental plans, um, a lot of materials there. And you could also follow me on uh, Facebook, Alex Pinellas, uh, friends of Alex Pinellas, uh, Alex Pinellas for mayor. And we post um, a lot of, you know, issues that are important, um, uh, but also it, it kind of keeps track of my activity. And then our Twitter page is more where we try to stay, you know, lay out some statements on issues. My personal tw Twitter is Mayor Alex Pinellas, A Pinellas, and then there's an Alex Pinellas for Mayor Twitter, the official campaign one as well. So yeah, we're, we're all over the place. This was more fun than I even anticipated. So this- Why, you thought I was some boring uh, politician? <laughs> no, I mean, I can- Ask your dad. Your dad knows I'm a cool dude. He, he does, it. right. He's like, he is, he had a, a whole bunch of good things to say. Well, tell him I said hello. And thank you for the good work you're doing. Thank you for the invitation. And I certainly look forward to meeting you in person. Thank you so much. Enjoy Disney and your weekend. And I'll see you soon. Take care, Brittany. Bye. Thanks, bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com and on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.